Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hot! Hot! Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in five... Four, three, two, To Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Good to be back in the saddle. Thanks for um, putting up with my scratchy, nasally voice and time off and all that nonsense. But uh, we're feeling better today. And it was a fun first hour for a lot of reasons, which uh, had to do with starting the show with that big win last night for Florida State basketball. And a great start to the uh, to the game for Florida State on the road. They carried that. A couple of big rushes for Miami, but they could never get over the hump. And Florida State's depth wears them out. And now it's 4 o'clock TLC, double C, this Saturday. Which, for a guy who's been kind of out of it and off the reservation for the last few days, it doesn't, it doesn't even hit me that that's like not tomorrow but the next day. So here we go, 4 o'clock Saturday, couple days from right now, and that is a talented Clemson team, but they are coming in here after a double overtime loss to Georgia Tech. They are 2-4 and four in the ACC, so they're going to play desperate, and you'll get their best effort. This is, this is put up or shut up for them. You don't want to go 2-5 and five in the ACC, so they've got to they've come in and play well, and for Florida State to win, they'll have to do it. But if they do, if they do, they'll continue to sit atop the ACC, which is crazy. Which is crazy. This is a weird time because of the way the calendar shifts in the world of sports and how college football extends out further than it used to now. And, of course, the pros have taken over uh, the calendar for the year. Uh, that never ends now. But but what, as we sit here now, it, now that basketball matters, it's kind of cool to, to segue because you're going to go to a game on Saturday. If you're in town, if you're in Tallahassee, you're going on Saturday. We're all going. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be loud, boisterous, rambunctious. Haven't used the word rambunctious in a while. Who doesn't want to throw around with a little rambunctious every now and again? I think if you have cats, you say it. If you don't have cats, you don't say rambunctious. Nobody ever, oh, the dog is rambunctious. You don't say that. You do if you have cats. So uh, I'm just thinking out loud. A lot of folks are like, I say rambunctious all the time. I bet you have a cat. So anyhow... The, the, the TLC double C will be rambunctious and we'll all celebrate together because it hasn't been in some time unless 
You were at a couple of the women's games because they're playing really well, too. So that's good. That's good. And then you have playoff football, which is nice. It's nice. And the Bucks are involved in playoff football, winning a game after winning the division after this year. Are you kidding me? That was a stunning turn of events. I buried. My mother's got me beat. That's it. That's all. Tomorrow she can gloat. You know, I didn't deserve it, and you know it. I did not deserve to lose that Rams game. They were better than Detroit. They should have won the game. They outplayed Detroit. Screwed it up in the red zone. I could just hear Jimbo Fisher over and over and over. Losing situations. And they lost situations down in the red zone. Hurt like hell. That cost me. And then, of course, I was contrarian and just took the Eagles because I needed to try to catch up and I knew my mom would take the Bucks. So it's, that's it. I'm out, right? It's seven. It's over. That's seven. So I think the best you can do is tie if you run the table. But if she picks the same game as you one time, well, I'm going to tell you now I'm cheating. I'm going to pick every game opposite of her the rest of the way. So whoever you're picking, I'm picking the opposite, Mom. There it is. She could just say her picks. Come on and tell me who you want. I'm taking the opposite from here on out. Desperation. I will say as one who uh, owns two cats, I don't know that rambunctious is a word we use a lot, but we use kerfuffle if, if, they're, not, if they're not getting along with each other. But like they got into fight. a kerfuffle? Uh, yeah, dogs fight. Cats get into a kerfuffle. Yeah, I think that's. Well, your cats are old. If you had young cats, you would say they were rambunctious. That's true. I I did get into this relationship when they were um, middle aged, and now I have two senior cats. So they're mostly just sweet. That's it. Yeah. So there's where we are. That's where we're at, buddy. That's um, it's it's, you know, a fun time. But I'm ready to transition to basketball, and the Bucks are probably going to lose to Detroit. That's where my mind's at. But we could beat Detroit, actually. Their their ability to give up the big pass play. If uh, if Hall of Fame wide receiver Mike Evans can catch a football for once in his life, we have a shot to win in Detroit, Tom. I know you appreciated my texts the other night, laying in bed, sick as I was. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't need to read them. You can't. Just, you I, can't. Yeah, you just want to hear the buzz. Like there's yes, there's a drop like there was at the three yard line. There's a bit of an overthrow. Yeah, gets his fingertips on it, mm-hmm. and and it doesn't matter. It's mm-mm, mm-mm, and that's my phone. I'm like, yep. Well, <laughs> I know what that is. Don't need to read it. Don't need well, to read now it it's a, now it's obligatory. It is. It but is. I would also say that he's got the worst hands of any Hall of Fame wide receiver in the history of football, and I believe that to be true. Right, and you describe his fingers as well, which I is uh, do. always fun. I do. I call them something very specific that we cannot repeat here. That's correct. You don't call them. It's the opposite of a Zaxby's chicken finger. You you, you don't have to go into Zaxby's when we're describing what bizarre texts I send you regarding Mike Evans' fingers. I'm saying that the opposite of a a Zaxby's chicken finger is what you describe Mike Evans' fingers as. So, like, there's a scale of fingers where one is not so great and then one is Zaxby's. And most assuredly, you're not texting me Zaxby's fingers. No. When... Mike Evans hauls one in. Now, if he makes a brilliant catch for a touchdown this weekend, I will text you Zaxby's fingers. Well, no, no. If if he makes a <laughs> if he if he makes a brilliant catch for a touchdown this weekend, I'm just gonna type to you Zaxby's. <laughs> right. It'll be a proclamation. Just Zaxby's, everybody. And I will retort over 19 years. You know, that's that's what I'll say over 19 years. And I'll tweet back when you do. Golden Chief Booster, that is. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and we will have played out the conversation. 
chuckle to ourselves and remain in shock that he caught it. That is the bizarre aspect of Mike. I'm, uh, this is true. Like, he happens to be our no-catching Hall of Fame wide receiver. It, he's ours. And he's made a gazillion great plays, and it's why he's going into the Hall of Fame, and the numbers are the numbers, and it's an amazing thing. But I would really like to go back and look in the history of Hall of Fame receivers. Has anybody been – they don't keep this stat. Like, you get you go back to the 70s, I don't even think they were keeping stats on drops. It's a very modern thing. But it's an important stat for a receiver. It's a very important stat. Do you catch the ball? Do you receive the ball? And he he often doesn't. He shuts the door on those receptions. I think it's him and T.O. in the running. That has to be it. I don't remember in my lifetime another receiver this prolific in terms of statistics who dropped the ball more often. I think T.O. and Mike Evans are on the same level. T.O. did a lot in his early career in the early part of his career he had the fame drops in the game against uh, San Francisco Green Bay um, and then he caught the one he starts crying coming over to the sideline all that crybaby nonsense but yes I remember that but but later in his career he caught the ball Mike is kind of odd in that I think he's gotten worse in terms of drops as the years have gone on he always had an affinity for dropping the football the random third and seven could have used you to catch that one, Mike. That's a first down. There ain't nobody within 10 yards. But all right, you have made a lot of great plays today. Now it's twice a game every game. So Terrell Owens, before he was T.O., was in any given Sunday. He was a wide receiver in that movie. Just throwing that out there. I remember watching it one time and saying, there was a guy catching a touchdown celebrating. I'm like, is that T.O.? Mm-hmm. No way. That's Terrell Owens. And, and sure enough, it was. He got that gig before he became, that's my quarterback, before he became the stud that he was for the 49ers and the Cowboys, and or sorry, the Eagles, excuse me, the Eagles. Yeah, Tom writes, uh, we just had that on our team, Johnny Buckets Wilson. The problem is Johnny Wilson, bless his heart, and I like Johnny Wilson, and he's, he was a very good college football player, but he was never of the elite talent that is Mike Evans or Terrell Owens. I mean, Johnny Wilson's just a mismatch in college because of his height. He's not going to be an elite NFL receiver. He's going to be fun to watch at the NFL level, though, because I do want to see what his get-off-the-line looks like against a professional corner. It's better than you think. And he also, the sad part about him, this the back half of the season, there were more and more hands catches coming along before it all fell apart for Florida State from a health standpoint. But he was he was starting to do better in that regard. And he'll, as long as he cares to block the way he does. Oh, he can block. Yeah, he'll make a team and he'll be, he'll be a, a player for him. But, yeah. For between that and the red zone mismatches, that dude is going to make a lot of money in terms of second contract, third contract. Those are skills. I look forward to watching what his career looks like. But, man, yeah, Mike Evans is still running by dudes once to twice a game, and that makes no sense given how large he is and given that he's been in the league for 10 years. No, it's freakish. I mean, he is still electric. His top-end speed for that size makes no sense. He ran, a, I think, a 4.5 in the combine. But when you look at the game speed, it, it's like he runs a 4.4. He runs past receivers on the regular. He also understands body positioning. He apexes the ball very, very well. He does a lot of things right, and that's why you get over 1,000 yards receiving every year that you've been in the league. It's why we, again, have high marks for who he is. But boy, oh boy. The, 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 one, the, the one the other night, you just like, man, it doesn't get any better than that. No, you kind of got to catch that. Sometimes you know, based upon how the quarterback releases the ball, that something's open. 
Like, there's just something about their body language, and it's not desperation. It's in rhythm. You're like, oh, man, that's open. Even before the camera pans, like, somebody is open. And then you see Evans, and this is the ultimate moment for you. I go, oh, please. Well, you knew he was going to drop it. You knew damn well he was going to drop it. You thought there was a very good chance that he was going to well, drop that ball. There was, that's why I said, oh, please. Yes. But, you know, if it was Jalen Ramsey or Richard Sherman, he would catch it. Yeah. That, that's the thing. You know, Other than Lattimore, if he goes against a Hall of Fame type corner, he will catch that ball in that situation. If it's somebody like you don't know, Probably hit the deck. <laughs> I mean, if the Ben's going to throw, Baker Mayfield will never throw a better ball than that. That was like, buddy, I'm putting it in the bread basket. You're walking in the end zone. Ooh. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. All the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ridiculous. I'm like, it's how do you look uncoordinated? How are you a Hall of Fame wide receiver and you look uncoordinated? It's bizarre. I know you're coming up for air, but do you have any sense of how these games are going to go this weekend? You think it's chalk because I am, once again, I advanced, so I'm doing a redraft. And from a fantasy perspective with offense, this is kind of a light weekend in terms of finding guys other than Christian McCaffrey and maybe Amon Ra that you say, these are dudes they're most certainly going to produce. And there's I, a lot in the air. I think Bucks lions is going to be a high-scoring game. The Lions yeah. give up a ton of big plays. Um, yeah. That The Rams move the ball up and down the damn field, did whatever they want. I think the Bucks, if they can keep Baker upright, will move the ball. Uh, but the Lions are going to be able to run the ball against the Bucks. So I would, you know, circle Detroit to be able to run the ball against Tampa. Like, would it stun you if if uh, Stroud and the Texans are in that game in the second half with Baltimore? It no, I think there's a bunch of nervous. You know who's nervous, oddly? I can tell you, I think the 49ers desperately wanted the Cowboys to knock off the Packers. The 49ers would have beat the brakes off of Dallas. That's, well, they, they would have played. They would have played us. Yeah. So. No. It would have been one four. Dallas was uh, two. It would have been Lions, Cowboys, and it would have been Bucks. And no, but 49ers. I'm saying, oh, that's right. But well, so they, way, they would have, sure. Yeah, well, they would have. They would have loved to have played us. That's for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. um, they would hammer us too. But I, the team you don't want to play is Green Bay right now because in the second half of the season, Love has been a top three quarterback. And, and without I, and, his number one, without his number one receiver in Watson, well, who I think is probably going to play this weekend. Also, the problem is the 49ers play a ton of zone, and he's killing zones. I don't know. That could be an interesting game. That could be an interesting. Game. I think the four. I do still believe. I still believe that the Ravens and 49ers are headed for the Super Bowl. They probably are, and I hope that that happens because you're going to get value on San Francisco in that spot because, because of the, the turnover game. Matchup. Yeah. If yeah, if you watch the game you would see that San Francisco was doing whatever it wanted offensively. It's just its quarterback decided to turn the ball over a crap ton. No, but no, in, yeah, in yeah, of, yeah, yeah. 
between the twenties, it wasn't there wasn't that much resistance. The, it, people when the Ravens are good always think that it's the two thousands Ravens defense. Like that's what they are because their old reputation. Oh man, if it is for if it's Harbaugh versus the old Harbaugh team in San Francisco, I think you're going to get some good value on on, on the Forty ers I do too. I still think the 49ers are the best team. I'm just saying Green Bay presents a matchup that's interesting, and you can run the ball on San Francisco. So that will be interesting to see as well. I'm picking the 49ers. I'm not picking Green Bay, but it's not the better matchup. Green Bay, excuse me, I think San Francisco playing either Dallas or Tampa is an easier win than Green Bay. That's all I'm saying. It's an easier win. Uh, I agree. Because we can't run to begin with, and we hitting that. That's you know, that it's fascinating. The other night, if you wanted further proof that the Eagles had quit in the first quarter, the Bucks could throw or run whatever they wanted to do. That is correct, and um, there really wasn't a whole lot of rallying to the football. Uh, it almost looks like they were pissed off that when they went from 10 and 1 to 10 and 2, they made a change at defensive coordinator. Almost looks like there might have been a bit of a revolt there after that point. Yeah, and I don't think that a team that has a 10-point lead in the second half of the Super Bowl can fire their coach a year later. I don't. I mean, I know that's what everybody would want, but it would seem bizarre. So then you start looking inward if you're Philadelphia or if you're a Philadelphia fan, and you say, who's really at fault here? Is this – who's making decisions? Is this your GM? Is this your owner? Who's making decisions uh, that would, to the extreme, watch a team go from 10-1 and 1 to what Philadelphia became, which just was bizarre? Disinterested is a better way of, of, of describing them. Disinterested. Didn't look like they had a plan on either side of the football. So that's a fireable offense. So at the end of the day, I do think that you can't go and, and, and well, you won't have another round of football as bad as this past weekend was for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was uh, an ugly look. Every game you flipped on, and the only, the only exception being the one-point game. It just feels like you got a lot of twenty four twenty this weekend. Like I, it might be strange circumstances that get you to the score. It's not like you're going to have a whole bunch of hundred yard factory players, superstar players. I think there's just going to be a whole lot of uh, wide receiver two, tight end two type touchdowns. This feels like a kind of a blue collar kind of weekend. Yeah, the bets will happen. I'll get to several of them. And we've got golf back in the fold, and I won some money on the Knolls last night, so it's a glorious time. That's all I'm saying. You can bet all of this right now, and the sooner we get sponsored by somebody who, like, I don't know, DraftKings or perhaps that group down in South Florida, let's go. We got you all day, every day. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. (laughs) Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Don't worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. 
The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. All right, let's continue to solve for the future if I can speak. In between coughs, I'll attempt to do so. Solving for the future has been easy lately. It's uh, it's a layup for our friends at ISF, obviously, and uh, collaborative is always the key term there. Their efforts to help local and state government, obviously, uh, national company ISF, and um, utilizing your vision and their technology technological advances and all those things that we tell you about. I'll tell you more about them in a second. But I was just thinking that the reason I call it a layup here these days, Tom, is that we just get to continue to attack the transfer portal. We get to continue to go back to that and talk about what what gives, what does Florida State still need. And I am kind of curious because you did the piece, and I know we spoke very briefly yesterday and did like 40 minutes together so that we could put something on the feed. Uh, But I I am throwing more weight your direction as I continue to recover here. What surprised you, if anything, about the Alabama players that you were able to dive deep on with somebody who covers them? Um, Because I'm kind of curious who we think emerges as the best of the bunch, which is, or who is best utilized uh, in this first year in the program at Florida State of the Alabama kids that we took in? I'll answer it two different ways. The the thing that surprised me most is – how forthcoming Clint from uh, Bama online was Mm -hmm. about the simplicity of Alabama's offense as run by Jalen Milrow uh, in that it's a one to two read offense. Then he goes, I mean, that's, that's how you would describe the Vince young, Texas offense. That was the Vince Uh, young, Texas offense. Yes. From from way back when, and uh, which I can say now way back when, and I find it intriguing then that Malik Benson in an offense like this, which is designed to isolate one-on-one matchups. There's a lot of pre-snap work that goes on here in terms of the motion and the quarterback's eyes look at different places. Like DJU will miss wide open receivers from time to time mm-hmm. and go into a slump from time to time where you go, well, good Lord. It, it's not quite Chuck Knobloch trying to throw from second base to first. <laughs> we wouldn't have brought him in. <laughs> we wouldn't have brought him in. Right. But there are times you go, well, that was wide open, my man. But the thing I would say in his camp and in his favor as to why he's a better fit than Cam Ward was a better fit uh, uh, than Cam Ward for Florida State is because of the variety of offenses he's run. He ran a a true spread at Clemson, and then last year's offense under Jonathan Smith at Oregon State is multiple as hell. They had stuff like offset eye formation. They were fun last year, weren't they? Oh, man, a ton of fun to watch. Old school uh, principles of eye formation. They did do the gun stuff. A lot of things like Mike Norvell does where the H-back moves or the tight end moves to create angles and motion. They ran counter. They ran gap. Like So the offense was extremely multiple. DJ should be able to assimilate to what Mike is trying to do very easily. But what Mike does is finds and generates one-on-one matchups. And DJ's got a cannon, and this kid has track speed. So I think if you're talking about who had the least amount of production at Alabama, who could have a big year in 2024. I think it is Malik Benson. But then otherwise, I think the best fit was uh, Terrence Ferguson, the offensive lineman. There was an opening for a starting job at center, and 
he could have played there. He could have worked out there in the spring. And he said, no, I'm leaving. The guard job was going to be a battle. He was an underdog heading into spring camp. Florida State had told some of its recruits, some of its targets, I should say, from the portal that the guard jobs were open. So I think the most natural fit is going to be the offensive lineman. But I think the biggest boom potential is for the wide receiver. And all of these guys could be hits. Don't get me wrong. Like, all of them could be hits. But I think those are the two most intriguing. Yeah, I find it fascinating. The reason I asked the question was because I think the answer is probably Earl Little Jr., um, and, and then that's why I said not named Earl Little Jr. Because we both think he's going to be a guy that probably comes in, plays right away, and makes a huge impact. He's a, a dy- dynamic player and a, and a five-star kid. And I think we're excited about. But offensively, I'm just trying to decipher how they're going to use all of this talent. Ferguson certainly comes in and starts, we think. Uh, and then from there, Benson. And listen, Jalen Brown's not from Alabama. He's from LSU. Uh, but another burner. They've got a lot of opportunities to kind of, I don't know, I guess make the offense um, much more explosive down the field in the passing game than it was a year ago. That's where I think it changes. Because I think they're going to be able to run the ball better than they did this year. They were not able to run the ball successfully. They struggled on first down a lot. But they'll have the requisite speed on the outside now to really make you play honest and stretch and challenge the entire field. And so that opens everything else up. I, It's going to be weird when we say there's a real distinct possibility the offense is better next year without Jordan Travis. And it's not because of Jordan Travis. It's because of what they were able to do to supplement this offense and the pieces they already had by adding to it with these dynamic receivers. And they already have guys coming back that are are difference makers. I mean, I think Keem Williams will be. Destin Hill will be if he stays. Vendravius Jacobs, again, big ifs, but the upside for these guys are huge. Are you worried about Destin Hill? That's that's not I'm always worried about um, losing a guy who I think has very real talent, and then you go out and you bring in all these receivers. And sure. Well, I, yeah, that, that's the – yes. Coming out of spring, the export market is going to be, I would think – comprised mostly of wide receivers if you're talking about what's leaving Florida State that makes sense see this is where I think it it all starts with playing bully ball a little bit more I keep on using that term they might run the same scheme like it might be the same thing but they want to be able to run the ball more effectively because I think part of the lack of explosiveness down the field was teams drop safeties back they said keep it in front of us and if you can run it maybe we'll come out of it and we didn't run it with great consistency so I think that aided defensive coordinators and just saying, well, I don't know that you can run against me into a neutral front. So I'm going to ha- give my guys more support against Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. And that's basically what you saw in the Clemson game was they're on islands. Uh, Clemson says, we're going to be fine. And we've got a safety over the top. We're going to be fine defending the run with our linebackers. And then at times they would load the box as well to dare Jordan Travis to beat them downfield. It got us out of rhythm. Mike didn't know what to do. And if you look at last year's completion rate in terms of downfield throws in the ACC, today there there was a listing college football film room does these compilations, but it's sports info solutions. We weren't even in the top six in the country. And if you said before the season, where are we going to place? Sorry, in the conference. Where were we going to place in the ACC in terms of downfield completion percentage, 15 or more yards down the field? Buddy, I would have said top three without breaking a sweat. Part of that was because the reason for that was a couple of things. First of all, that was the throw that Jordan always made well. You know, we we used to talk about Jordan has weaknesses as as a passer, but along the sideline, down the field throws were something that he really excelled in. 
and then last year struggled. Now, also, I'd like to push back on this idea that, you know, we had it wrong coming out of camp about what the offense would be. First of all, if you go to the start of the season, Florida State is throwing the ball over the lot. Obviously, LSU's defense is not very good. Florida State lit it up, 66 points against Southern Miss, and didn't even play well. Jordan didn't have a great game, and they lit it up. Uh, obviously, they're out to a huge start in the first half of the Boston College game. They ended up with 31 points. I know that's not all offense, but that was the, then, the, then the flu thing hits, and we, we know all of that. But they were still putting up points, 39 points against Virginia Tech, kind of moving the ball any way they wanted. It's not until 41-3 to against Syracuse did whatever they wanted. It's not until the injuries start to hit that you begin to see them really struggle and teams begin to realize, okay, Johnny Wilson's out. He's out due to injury. Keon Coleman, after that contusion, which we now know was probably like a deep bone bruise, he couldn't run. I mean, what going back and watching Keon Coleman's Last third of the season, he's not even close to the same player. So you don't even have guy. And then Destin Hill's ankle, and he's not even hardly playing when he does play. He's got a hitch in the giddy up. Hakeem Williams gets hurt. All of the guys you would have suspect. Jaheim Bell, who's really fast in the first three games of the season and looks like a difference maker and is going to be there all year long, then he gets hurt. So the injuries just mounted and mounted and mounted. And, you know, that was probably the number one reason, along with the fact that. The offensive line, we might have got that wrong. There's no doubt. I I thought they would be better. They weren't better. They they were they took a step back last year on the offensive line. They did, and I think what we what I discounted at least was Robert Scott's value to the rotation and everything that goes into it. If he was healthy and playing left tackle for you, I think that moves some pieces around, and and you're probably stronger as a five. And you might look a little bit closer to what you did two seasons ago, but that just wasn't the case. So you had an offensive line that regressed for one reason or another. You had skill positions that got banged up as the season went along. And I just, Jordan wasn't as good. I, I don't think. Yeah, Jordan wasn't comes, as good, no. When I'm talking about downfield throws, yeah. downfield throws, he wasn't as good. And that was his bread and butter, which is where I, I would agree with you. If you're projecting out here, they want to be able to run their base run plays more effectively. They're bringing in some more offensive linemen to that end. Maybe some guys actually rise up through the ranks. It's going to be a really fascinating spring to see how that all shakes out. But then they've got speed to burn, quite literally, on the outside with a with a quarterback with a cannon. So you shouldn't see, you shouldn't, a, a tweet that comes out like it did today where Florida State's not even in the top six in completion percentage 15-plus yards down the field. You are trying to build an explosive offense here that also can bludgeon you a little bit in the short area when you're trying to run the football. They're trying to do all things and trying to improve everywhere across the board. But if you're playing to DJ's strength, his strength is most certainly getting the ball down the football field with that cannon for an arm. When they targeted these receivers and we watched this play out in the manner that it did, I could only think about Mike's growing frustration as that year went on in the realization we don't have anybody to lift the lid, when they went out and got speed, I thought, man, he was pissed. Now, it's also pretty desperate, right? When you come to the realization that you can't lift the lid, then you suffer injuries, and you can't run the ball, how'd you go 13-0? and I mean, that's a compliment, again, to this Florida State team and its complementary parts. That's the ultimate team discussion, right? That's the whole thing. Like, you found a way in special teams. You found a way on defense. You found a way to piece it together game to game. Because they wouldn't run Jordan either. Wouldn't run him. 
He either wouldn't, was, either didn't want to run, or he wouldn't run. And it was Trey, and, and you know, in Florida, Trey was a man that night, and and Trey knew that you know he would have to be one of the primary difference makers. And then Tate made three or four critical throws to move the chains that helped you in in big situations, uh, coming off our own goal line in one spot, hitting Johnny inside the five yard line on a third down, and another spot. I think there was a fourth down throw in there as well. So you made enough of those fulcrum plays yeah, yeah to put yeah. you in a position and then and then trey pushed you over the top i mean that's how you got there specifically in the florida game because there was such a small sample of of games in which you didn't have jordan but it's just it, it it is a dark irony to me that what mike was trying to do the entirety of the season which is pr- protect jordan travis yes. health yeah yeah is ultimately what got him hurt in the end because he decided to run him down 13 to nothing against North Alabama. I don't think it was his decision. I think Jordan chose to run because we're down 13 to nothing to North Alabama and we can't block their front. And I'm embarrassed as it's happening. And then you see out of desperation, I'm going to make him play us honest. I'm going to run here. And then it's a fluke accident. It's a freak thing that happens and it sucks, you know, and it's uh, frustrating. The, the one thing I would say about burners is Kentron showed me something in the Orange Bowl. There was extra top end than I thought there was. He can never Kentron. stay healthy either, though. He got hurt in that game, too. That is correct. But then also Destin. Dest, there was That's one of the misses from Brock in that game was Destin absolutely made a fool out of Georgia's defensive back on a deep post. And that was early in the game, too. He is going to be, I think, one. I think Benson's got work to do to catch Destin. I well, De- Destin was always going to emerge as the year went on, in my opinion, as a really big threat in this offense, and then his ankle. Yep. And and the ankle was really bad. It wasn't a mild strain. If you go, you look at the what, what game is it? The is it the pit game? Is Pitt. that the is that the catch against Pitt? And then there's no giddy up whatsoever. He's trying. He's cutting back across the field, and then you just see him hobble out of bounds. And then, really, you don't see him again to the bowl game. You know, and you, you, it's so frustrating for him. It's, it's frustrating for me as I'm about to cough, so mute me. So what I was going to say then as you're coughing is about three weeks from now last year, first week of, of February, we had an interview where you, you talked to Mike one-on-one. Yeah. And if, if we can get that secured again for this year, um, I would love for him to be able to go on record. He doesn't have to name the players necessarily, but just go through the injuries, go through the list that we had to overcome because everybody knows about Jordan and Florida state fans know that there's more than that. But when you list them all out, like we're talking out loud quickly here, but Johnny and Keon and Jordan and Robert Scott and blessed was hurt. There are two or three other offensive linemen that were hurt. A couple of the running backs, the defensive players. I mean, good freaking Jaheim. Good oh, Lord. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, I've talked a lot about it. It's, yeah, and, and and it's why I get excited that if they could fix their recruiting problems, he's going to be a beast. You know, like, when I say problems, like, if they end up being elite in the world of recruiting, not just the portal, but in recruiting, in getting top five classes stacked upon one another, imagine when Mike has all of those weapons at his disposal, what he could do. Because we've watched him manufacture it. Go back to even, you know, even in the five and seven season, there would be games within those games, within that bad season where you'd go, how in the world are we in this game? How are we moving the ball? We don't have difference makers on this team and we're moving the ball. They're creating the extra gap in the run game. You know, they didn't have explosiveness. They didn't. I mean, it was it was amazing. So that's why you get excited. So that's why you yearn for that next step. In the off the field stuff, our friends at ISF talk about them every week on Thursdays. 
their expertise helping state governments solve the future through strategy, process, and technology. Big time all across the country. I think it's uh, 18 states, and they've been 40-plus years in business. Go check it out, ISF.com. What's good, everybody? It's T. Lizzie here, and I'm talking about HelloFresh. Can you believe it? I'm doing myself a little pod read here for our friends at HelloFresh. They're supporting both Jeff and I here on the podcast, and they want us to let you know about what it is they do and why they can help you with a New Year's resolution. If it's to save money, to eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do any or all three. Just say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price that you'll like, delivered right to your door. Each HelloFresh box is packed with farm-fresh ingredients, and everything arrives pre-portioned right to your doorstep for less hassle and less wasted food. So here's the cool thing. I have not tried HelloFresh yet, but the box has arrived at my house today. I've got three outstanding meals. I chose the plan of meat and veggies. I'm going with the basics here because I'm kind of a picky eater, so they can work around my pickiness. And the three meals that we're going to be cooking up at my house are sweet chili pork and cabbage stir-fry. All right. Sweet and spicy apricot chicken and pecan-crusted salmon. Very excited to try this out. They've got easy sheets, little placards that come with the menus. They show you how much time it takes to prep, how much time it takes to cook, and the calories involved with each one of the meals. So simple, and I can't wait to give it a shot. If you want to experience what we're about to experience, go to HelloFresh.com slash Cameron Free and use code CAMERONFREE for free breakfast for life. That's right, one breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That is free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash CAMERONFREE with code CAMERONFREE. Okay, so you got to go to the website, HelloFresh.com slash C-A-M-E-R-O-N-F-R-E-E, and then type in that same code at checkout. I'm about to find out, you should find out too, why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Jeff Cameron Show, Redemption Thursday. I haven't even touched on wagers, although yesterday I did make mention of a few. All in the golf world. I think Tom described it as the most thorough breakdown of the Amex you'll hear. (laughs) Tallahassee, anyhow. Um, Which is kind of where I go these days. That's uh, It's every week. I'm so enthralled to be able to get back to that, to be able to sit down each week and go, hmm. I can bet on golf this week. I think I will. And I did. And I'll watch today. Although I don't enjoy American Express because of three courses. Stupid tournament. Do it right. We don't need three courses. Do two if you want to do two. You don't need three. Got hockey wagers for us tonight, Tom? Uh, Just one. I'm back on the lightning under train. I think this is a good spot to play the under as they have a desperate and bad Minnesota Wild team coming to town, but they generally defend okay. So when you have a desperate team that defends okay, they try to play 2-1. Tampa will play games at 2-1, to 3-2. It's a 6.5 total. Play the under. Kind of all over the map, aren't they, these days? Hmm. 
I'm just saying, like, we were, you know, obviously early for the better part of the first half of the season, you were betting overs. Now it's all unders on the Lightning. It's kind of yeah, I think in, in, in general, you're starting to get – now, I know the All-Star break's coming up in a week, but you're starting to get teams that are playing a little bit more tight and desperate um, because right now, for example, Tampa's chasing. Mm-hmm. They might look like they're in the playoffs if you just look at the point totals, but if you look at games played – they're probably a 10th or 11th in the Eastern Conference. So I think they're going to play a little bit more disciplined style of hockey. Their defense is kind of hurt. So I like Tampa. And at six and a half, I would just bet Tampa on the under for the foreseeable future, unless there's a, a one-off matchup against you got your backup goalie in and you've got a high-scoring team that they're playing. Outside of that, if it's six and a half, I like the unders for Tampa for the next little while. I like it. Thorough. Calgary's been playing better defense as well. I've been making uh, some bets here and there on Calgary being able to keep that under six and a half as well in their games. Well, that's the, so there are teams that are so safe right now and they're not chasing history. Like Boston last year was chasing history. So it'd be good to play them every single time because they're, they've got a ghost that they're trying to run down. But if you've got a team that's pretty comfortable, this is where they might take a mental break around the all-star game, which makes them less reliable to play. I just I don't like the reliability of it. But when you find teams that are on that bubble, they already start to circle with about 35 games to go that they need they need to play desperate. So those games tend to go lower scoring once those teams play desperate. I'm getting to uh, my weekend bets already. I'll have more tomorrow. But just so you know, upcoming for yours truly, uh, I do have uh, under six and a half with Maple Leaves and Flames. Mention that. I've got Taylor Montgomery, Wyndham Clark. Uh, Tom Kim, Tom Montgomery, and uh, Hadwin Cole, and Poston in some variety of wagers and mixed. That's fun. That's fun. I mean, you, you top 20s. The Hard Rock app, obviously, same with DraftKings. You can do fan do all these. will allow for top 20, top 10, top 5, winner. You can combo these things. You can have matchups. That's the best part, too. You can ride a hot hand. You could see a matchup where somebody's seventh ranked in the world facing, you know, grouped with somebody who's 38th, but the guy who's 38th has played much better golf over the last six tournaments. You can bet him for a day. You can bet him for the tournament to be the under guy. Uh, one of the plays I made earlier this year on the PGA was Scheffler. It's the uh, Tournament of Champions. It's a par 73. Okay? I know it's a relatively easy course, but the winds are up in Hawaii from time to time. It's a par 73. He goes 64-65, I think, or 64-66 the first two days. The over on 66 and a half was plus money on day three. Is that right? You don't go that low three days in a row. You, you don't. just don't. You just don't, yeah. Especially with a 73 par versus a 72. So he could have shot six under and I still win. So I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to play that. That's one thing to do round to round over the weekend is if you see a guy who's red hot and it's not a course where, you know, 28 under is going to win. If they go low, low, and they're going to give you a number in the mid 60s. Oh, jump on it. Hammer the over. Hammer that over. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got a quarterback commit. Now, tonight, Michael Langston uh, will talk about this. And that I this is not my realm. Uh, Trevor Jackson commits to Florida State. And you know what? People will get excited about that, right? But I'm using this as an opportunity just to point you tonight to what Michael Langston does. And he'll talk about that as um, he's six foot three, 190 pounds. And he is saying yes to Florida State, which is a good thing. And we'll get excited about that. He is the, what, 558th overall prospect, 35th QB in the on-three QB industry rankings. I believe that's right. Yeah, I think a borderline four-star in the industry for on-three. Other services have him as a three. Uh, this is a walk-on, so it's not like you're bringing him in to be, you know, your, your program. 
Now, you want to take a chance on an Elite 11 guy and not Elite 11 type players. Florida State is his dream school. He was originally committed to Ole Miss, uh, but decommitted, I think, back in October. So now Florida State closes with another player, which is important, man, because you've run off a, a couple quarterbacks here, and it's nice to have a fourth arm or a fifth arm in practice to keep things going along. And this is you're buying low on a kid who at least was invited to the premier event. That's correct. In in, in recruiting, so this is and you uh, already a, have a quarterback commit, and you know, so yeah, you're, you're adding to the fun. It's the perfect thing you can do. It's a walk-on designation. It's a kid elite 11, but because he's a walk-on, it's not going to spook Cromenhawk into thinking, oh, should I decommit? Remember, we did that with Chubba Purdy and um, Sims years ago, and neither of those guys turned out at all. They actually played together at Nebraska, didn't they, for a spell there? Yes, just a brief spell of terrible football. Yes, but still, you just, you're not going to, you're not pissing off your stud that you're bringing in, but yet you're taking a chance on somebody who can play a little bit. I always wished, and I still do, and, you know, you can't lament for too long, but the Chubba Purdy situation, that was so poorly handled. I don't know if he would have turned out to be anything or not, but he got hurt right away, you know, and was live in a scrimmage and got hurt, and then the surgery didn't go well. There was an infection and all that sort of thing, and then he got he was set back. And I don't know. It just it never got off on the right foot. You never felt like it's one thing if a kid comes in, commits to you, and then just fails to win the job, isn't good enough, whatever it might be. We just saw that here recently with with a quarterback that was on the roster. And you understood he just didn't he just wasn't good enough. Got passed over, you know, and that that happens. You don't mind that. You really hate it when you don't feel like somebody ever really got a. I don't want to say fair shot because they didn't intentionally screw him over it's just it just didn't work out no I, I find it interesting that freshmen go live as quarterbacks in practice because you know that's he's not the only one of his kind that's done that I believe Brock Glenn it was it was said that this fall was turned live as well in, in a scrimmage so yeah. it's it's something that they want to do maybe to create the fear of of being hit or maybe that's how you learn a little bit more about what you really have in a true freshman but Seems kind of risky to me. I don't, in this day and age where we put bubble wrap on everybody, nobody tackles to the ground, and we have helmets that look like the great Gazoo's helmet in every practice, it just that seems interesting to me that we turn quarterbacks live, and it, it bit Purdy, that's for sure. Well, it's funny because the argument, especially amongst old heads like myself, is it, it's a hell of a balancing act because here's the deal, man. Because you don't ever let quarterbacks go live like they used to back in the day, and I'm not saying they should, but because you never do, you're going to have a situation that requires you to bring in a bridge quarterback like Florida State just had to do instead of riding with Brocklin. You see what I'm – I mean, you, you, the guys are further behind than they would have been had they been turned loose for a year and, and just got after it. And, and you know what? They would have been able to, to handle the bumps and the bruises and all the things that come along with going live. And you just don't do that anymore. You do wrap them in bubble wrap. And so they're further behind and teams are less – inclined to watch them go through the growing pains of a full season where that's the first time they're ever having to deal with that. I just wonder what Brock would have looked like if he got those six weeks back during the season in terms of practice. I mean, he was here for a while already, but you saw the jump from game one to game two. I mean, you're telling me that six weeks of practice, if he was able to fully go, wouldn't have been beneficial to the young man. I know he wouldn't have been working with the ones or anything like that, but I just wish because I don't think he, it's a non-zero chance that he can win the job at some point in 2024. I'm not telling you it's a 20% chance. It's probably more like a two to 5% chance, but he doesn't have zero hope of starting here this season. As we enter spring camp, 
he showed a lot of moxie in that Orange Bowl. I love the kid, and I was more inclined. I, I mean, my my whole situation was, what's the price on one of these bridge quarterbacks? You know, somebody asked about Ward now committing to Miami. Well, you have reluctance with him and DJ. You also have upside with him and DJ. The reluctance is that Cam Ward turned the ball over a lot. He loved to fumble. Like, it was his job to fumble the football. I think he fumbled 15 times. He had a combined 19 turnovers last year. Is that right? Four picks, 15 fumbles. That can't be right. It was in No, it was in the teens for fumbles. The I num- think PFF yeah. graded him out at 14. I don't know if he lost them all, but 14 times on the deck. Yeah, no, he, he put the ball on the ground. He loved to. Couldn't wait. It reminds me uh, back in the day uh, with <laughs> Ponder. Every time Ponder got hit, oh. Christian was a good quarterback, but man, every time he got bumped, he fumbled the ball. He used to drive me nuts. Damn it, Christian, you're allowed to get sacked and not fumble. Uh, so anyhow, yeah, Cam Ward will put the ball on the ground. He'll also be poorly coached. So those are those two things are guarantees at Miami. You're good to go. He'll put the ball on the ground. He'll be poorly coached. So we're good there. Let's hope that happens. I hope he fails miserably. And then in terms of DJ, there are some limitations. You're talking about the, the Ponder era. It just brings me back to some fantastic quotes from from Jimbo that were off the record at the time. But that offensive line couldn't stay healthy. Remember, like Dako yeah, was on yeah. the one side. Yeah, we had a young Dako guy named Spurlock. Beat the hell. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> Dako. Um, <laughs> I always said when when his time was done, I, I hope that they immediately gave arm. him a job at the university because that dude got so hurt all to the be time. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Well, I, I, I'm, he, not, I'm not laughing at him. I'm just no, laughing. Yeah. no. It was, Jimbo is ah yeah ah, that goes beat the hell. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Zebra's jumping on uh, offsides. He's, oh, it's a false start. Boy, he could, just like Cam Ward can't wait to fumble. Zebra Sanders couldn't wait to jump. <laughs> oh, it was he, a different time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the jumpers. Good work out of you, sir. Good work, director. Thanks to all of you guys. Thanks for being patient with me. First day back from sickness. We're getting back in the fold, feeling good. Talk to you tomorrow on a Libations Friday in the interim. Peace.